Welcome to the Exposing Pseudo-Astronomy Podcast for another example of astronomy misconceptions, mistakes, half-truths, and conspiracies. My name is Stuart Robbins, and this is episode 16 for the fourth quarter of December 2011. The topic I'm going to talk about today is what the sky looks like exactly one year from tonight, on December 21st, 2012. And, as I said last time, this is going to be a very short episode. In the last episode, episode 15 on Galactic Alignments Part 1, I discussed some of the ideas about a galactic alignment happening in 2012 and causing death and destruction, or transcendence of this physical plane. The last alignment idea that I talked about was whether or not there would be some sort of alignment between the sun and the plane or center of the galaxy in 2012. You should go back and listen to that episode to find out the answer. The last alignment idea is the idea that on precisely December 21st, 2012, on exactly 11.11 Eastern Standard Time U.S., the Sun is going to align with the precise center of the Milky Way galaxy, causing a great giant beam of energy to come streaming forth, or to block that energy that is already streaming forth, and the oh my dear great flying spaghetti monster in the sky, something very bad is going to happen as a result. In a bit of a repeat from the last episode, no, there actually is no alignment with the center of the galaxy in 2012. In fact, it is currently impossible for Earth, in its present orbit around the Sun and its current axial tilt, to ever, ever observe the Sun appearing to be aligned with the center of the galaxy. The Sun's motions through the sky simply don't work that way. But this issue about the alignment, at least with the plane of the galaxy on the winter solstice, is something that deserves a little extra attention. The first important item to note is that the December solstice is defined as when the sun reaches its southernmost declination and sits directly on the 18th hour of right ascension, where the zeroth hour is defined every year as where the sun is when it crosses the celestial equator on the spring equinox in the northern hemisphere. If you recall a bit of the geometry discussion in the last episode, the celestial equator is Earth's equator projected outwards onto the sky. Astronomers measure longitude on the sky as right ascension, and they divide the sky into 24 hours instead of 360 degrees. But I digress. As I said, the December solstice is when the sun is on the 18th hour of right ascension and when the polar axis is tilted farthest away from the sun. This changes slightly every year because our calendar does not exactly equal our orbit, and I'll link to an article explaining this and showing a pretty graph in the show notes. In 2012, this happens at exactly 11.12 a.m. Universal Time on December 21st, 2012. This year, it's at exactly 5.30 a.m. on December 22nd, Universal Time. You'll note that this is not 11.11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in the U.S. So much for that idea. When the sun is at this point in the sky, it actually does sit somewhat on the galactic plane. Does that mean that there actually could be something to all this? That the 2012ers were right and that there's something special? No, sorry, it doesn't. As I explained in episode 15, the sun crosses the plane of the galaxy every year, twice. It just so happens that this century, when it crosses the galactic plane, it happens to do so at about the time of the solstice. 
So at the very least, 2012 is not special in its crossing time. In fact, the alignment isn't even the best. Yes, the sun will be sitting on the galactic equator at this time as seen from Earth, but it's almost off of it. Remember that the sun has an apparent size as viewed from Earth. Using modern astronomy software, and I've posted images on the show notes for this episode, we can look at when the sun had its center smack dab on the galactic equator as viewed from Earth. Doing so takes us back to December 1998. Now, I will admit, I was not really paying attention in 1998 because I was in high school. But as far as I can remember, the world did not end. And I can guarantee you, very much guarantee you, that my consciousness was not raised in high school. At this point, the final alignment claim that the Sun will align with the center of the galaxy on precisely the winter solstice in the Northern Hemisphere on December 21st, 2012, is wrong, because the Sun will never appear to be aligned with our galaxy's center. The claim that there's something special about its alignment with the plane of the galaxy in 2012, coinciding with the solstice, is also wrong. Yes, the Sun will appear to sit on the galactic equator, but it was a better alignment during the winter solstice of 1998, and nothing special happened then, at least in the cosmic sense that most people are claiming for 2012. It's actually been getting farther away from that best alignment ever since 1998, meaning that the alignment this year, 2011, is better than it will be in 2012. The name of this episode is What the Sky Looks Like on December 21st, 2012, Part 2. So I should probably discuss what else may be special about the sky that day. Yup, nothing. The only other vague, and rare in this case, claim that I've actually heard related to what the sky looks like or stuff in the sky for 2012 is that all of the planets will be aligned, but that seems to come up every doomsday, and there's absolutely, positively, nothing to that claim for 2012. See, I told you that this episode would be short. I'm actually also going to dispense with the normal Q&A because this is sort of a special episode even though I'm not calling it a special episode. Instead, I'm going to go right to the feedback and read the one feedback that I wanted to for this episode, and that's a correction. I got an email from Aaron after posting the last episode on galactic alignments, and he was quite upset at what I had stated. His email, almost in its entirety, reads... In the days before Einstein, many a physicist would have agreed that if one wished to traverse, say, around 55 light years in 370 days, then one would have to travel at a speed of around 54.3 times that of light. However, nowadays, we know that time and distance are relative, and that if our solar system all of a sudden began to hurtle towards the galactic plane with an appreciable fraction of the speed of light, the distance that we would measure between us and the plane would decrease. Meanwhile, 
Our device for determining dates, the orientation of Earth's axis of rotation relative to the Sun, would appear to remain unaffected. This being the case, it is entirely possible, or at least it does not violate the laws of physics, to have the solar system cover the distance between it and the galactic plane at a speed such that it arrives on December 21st, 2012, at least within its own reference frame. Now, to an observer outside of the solar system, the situation would be different. The distance between us and the galactic plane would not contract to that observer, and the passage of time here on Earth would slow down. One can even calculate the magnitude of the required velocity. Using the standard formula for length contraction to calculate the distance between us and the galactic plane in a boosted reference frame, dividing by 370 days and equating this quotient with the speed of the frame, and then finally solving the resulting quadratic equation for velocity, I find that the resulting speed would need to be about 0.99983 that of light. Thus, one can see that, although it is incredibly unlikely that Earth will be in the galactic plane on December 21st, 2012, the possibility is not eliminated by special relativity. Normally, I would not be pestered by things such as this, but lately, ever since those neutrinos turned up too soon in Italy, I've been pondering why it is that people get so excited about the idea of faster-than-light travel when simple near-the-speed-of-light travel would allow us to explore the universe just as well without ever violating the known laws of physics. That being said, please take my criticism lightly. It's all in good fun. Thanks, Aaron, for the feedback, and I do take all criticisms lightly. That's why I have a hit list. The puzzler for this week is going to be the same as last week, where it deals with alignments. It's somewhat open-ended, although I do have some ideas in mind of what I'm looking for. There's a widely propagated myth that you will find many media outlets repeating every March 21st that clearly states that the vernal equinox in the northern hemisphere is the only day out of the year that you can balance an egg on its end. Let's assume the myth is actually that you can do it on either the autumnal or the vernal equinox. Can you come up with an actual force that would, in any way, help you balance an egg on its end on an equinox? Now, by repeating this puzzler, that does not mean that there has not been a correct answer. That doesn't mean that there hasn't been a correct answer. It's a repeat. Try to figure out the answer and send it in to puzzler at sjrdesign.net. I will discuss it during the January 1st episode. That wraps up this topic for the 16th edition of the Exposing Pseudo-Astronomy podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope that you enjoyed it and learned a little at the same time. For more information about this podcast, please visit the website at podcast.sjrdesign.net. If you have any feedback, please use the feedback form on the website, send an email to podcast at sjrdesign.net, or leave a comment on the page for the episode on the website. I read every email, and I appreciate the feedback and constantly update my hit list. If you have suggestions for topics, please feel free to make them. If you like this podcast, please write a review and rate it on iTunes. Also, tell your friends, family, and frenemies. 